Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Sabah al-khair and welcome to Life Beats. I'm Sally Musa and we are kicking off a brand new week in fabulous style with the one and only Safiya Abdullah. She is one of a new breed of fashion designers who are not only making modest fashion ultra cool, but they are dressing at some of the world's biggest celebrities, including Gwen Stefani, Lindsay Lohan and rapper Neelam Hakim. Have you seen the latest video? It's unbelievable. How did she create such compelling designs that have captured a global audience while still designing modest, inclusive fashion? She's going to be telling us her story next. But don't miss the second hour of the show as we'll be meeting a man who has spent years living amongst Indigenous tribes around the world. I spoke to BAFTA award-winning documentary filmmaker Bruce Parry as he uncovers the secrets of a world that seems so far removed from our own and yet has so much to teach us about ourselves and the way we live every day. Is it really possible to live in a society where there is no competition and women hold the balance of power? This is an interview you don't want to miss. That's all coming up on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa on Pulse 95. Yes, it's Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm Sally Musa, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the studio Sophia Abdullah. Sabah al khair. Sabah al khair. Good morning, everybody. So great to have you with us. Now, uh, you have an amazing story to tell. I almost don't know where to start. Um, you are, of course, not only a fashion designer, but a designer to the stars now. Um, but I want to go back with you. I want to see where this love of fashion started. Were you that kid who was always doodling and, and drawing and loving clothes and fashion? How did it start for you? I was that kid who had a Latina mom yelling at her for the piles of clothes found in her room, 20 outfit changes <laughs> a day minimum. That was me. Um, and I always used to make and knit clothes for my Barbie. So I was actually, wow. I used to knit. Used to knit clothes for your Barbies. Yeah. That's really tiny. I've knitted before. That's difficult. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of like ponchos, but I mean, it was, that it is so job. cute. Yeah. That's amazing. And you used to sew clothes and stuff? I did on a basic level, but it wasn't anything I could actually wear. Wow. And then? Yeah. Um, and then when I got to uh, the college age, I decided to apply to the College of Fashion Design in Orange County and I got accepted. Literally, my dad, maybe a month in, was like, You're not doing this didn't support it. Um, I think he was just afraid about my surroundings, mm. people I was going to school with. So it, 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 we have to say that you are, of course, um, uh, North African and Mexican yes. um, in your family, between your mom and dad, which yeah. uh, must have been an incredible upbringing. Yeah. You speak Spanish. Yeah, me habla, me habla en español. <laughs> Amazing. And so you had that, but your dad wasn't quite supportive of 
of you wanting to become a fashion designer. I mean, he wanted to put a hijab on me really young and my mom always was like, this is going to be your decision when you feel right about it. So we had both sides. My mom grew up Catholic, became a Muslim leader, so she understood the struggle of living in the West and you know, having those immense changes and being the outcasted in high schools and it was hard. Yeah. So. so your dad wanted to make sure that you had those Islamic values and to him the hijab is what symbolized that and exactly. fashion school was not. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he was just like, you know, you're not going to be going to an Islamic atmosphere. And I'm like, well, no one, no one would be. So, yeah, I mean, I just ended up following my dreams later on. I studied psychology, um, basically just to learn the mindset of people. I was always intrigued by that. Um, to understand why people do the things they do and um, just thought processes. Once I did that, now I'm just always secretly diagnosing people, which is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or do people come to you like for advice going, you know, what do I do about this? And Funnily enough, not many people know that I have a psychology degree, but I do have a lot of people who confide in me very easily and they don't understand why even. Like some people who just meet me will just start telling me things. Which, <laughs> which just... is amazing. You do have that kind of a personality that is so easy to, to talk to. Oh, it's you. beautiful. Um, but what happened? Like, where did that turning point come when you went, I'm going to go back to my original passion of fashion design? Um, I started to wear hijab and uh, basically around 2013. And I found a lot of most modest fashion brands, but however, they none of them met my needs and going to the mall was really uninspiring and defeating. Um, the oversized trend just started, so <laughs> there was nothing that I could wear in the malls that I felt like I felt my best or I was you know, artistically expressing myself through what I was wearing. And I just never found that right fit. I always felt like I was wearing a bag or like just too many things, like layering too much. So I actually just started designing stuff for myself. Um, a lot of my friends would say, I want what you're wearing. And then I would say, I, I designed it. And they would just buy it from me basically at cost. And I just had so many friends that were so supportive and saying, you really need to start a brand. And I remember ordering my first logo. It was so joke because it was like literally like the cheapest ribbon available at the store. And I just tied these little ribbons onto the clothes and people were like, no, you have to have a brand. You have to set up properly. And I was just, I just doubted myself a lot. Um, but then once I started, I couldn't stop. Wow. And and, and you just made these at home? I, no, I or didn't did make them at home. you get somebody to make them for you? I didn't make them at home. I would sketch the designs and I would take them to the tailor. Um, basically got inspired at the fabric stores and just couldn't stop going. I was like addicted. And wow. it was like, you'd get that And this rush. was here in, in the UAE? Yeah, in the UAE. Wow. And and as we know, you can go down, like there are entire districts where there are amazing fabrics, there are tailors, and you just knew, you just, that this is the thing about your design, Sophia. They are just, not only are they modest, because as somebody who's worn modest fashion for many years now as well, myself and and. Um, you know, being on that hunt, it is so difficult to find something that is ultra fashionable and modest at the same time. Exactly. I think the, what the stuff I create is not really for every day. It's really occasion wear for women who don't always wear want to wear a frilly dress. Like it's stuff that is very comfortable. So comfort is in mind. Um, and you still look really glamorous and beautiful and you feel good about yourself and you don't have to like be wearing something that's like overly tight in some areas. Like it's just, you know, it's fitted to to you. I actually offer custom design, custom sizing for that reason because women's bodies are so different. And I believe the woman body is such a beautiful thing, but then you can't always fit into something that's hanging on a wrap. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that is the thing. You don't always uh, see yourself in what's on the rack, but... Uh, at the same time, you've really developed a signature style um, that we know this is coming from Sophia Abdullah, which is wonderful. 
Um, and that is something that a lot of designers aspire to have. So how did you do that? How did you develop your signature style? I think I just gravitated towards like making things that are covered without necessarily like looking obviously Muslim because living in the West can be really difficult when you cover your hair. So I wanted to create those things that are just easy to wear and you know you're not necessarily targeted or pinpointed um, as like there's the Muslim because uh, let's face it in the West it's very difficult to be wearing a proper hijab and abaya and not be like picked on. Your pieces that you're wearing today, I'm just loving so much. You're wearing your gold beanie, which I have seen on Neelam already, um, which is absolutely gorgeous. And it's just like, it is at the same time, it is glam, it is street, it is a little bit of hip hop, but it's modest. Um, and your bomber jacket is just gorgeous. Thank you so much. I'm loving this kind of style. And uh, this is what I, I uh, mentioned to you earlier, that this is something that we've been missing in the modest fashion space. So when you started creating your style what was the reaction what did you see did people kind of go well actually this is what I've been waiting for or what was the reaction to it I think when I first started designing I created just very simple basic things and then as time went on I realized that I was gravitating to like very androgynous cuts that could be like you know very masculine and feminine at the same time and then feminine prints so I was always inspired by that um, because it was like just this combination that you couldn't you know miss like every time I wear it people would be like wow that's really cool and I've never seen anything like it um and it's just something that's you know it's about comfort to me like women don't always have to be in high heels and like be just uncomfortable to look great exactly exactly they they are they look super super comfortable um your clothes but you know partly because they are of course modest they are loose fit generally um but they look amazing the fabrics look really stunning uh something that would just feel so luxurious next to the skin as well um, but if, as we said uh, in the beginning, you are a designer to the stars. And that is something I want to come back to in just a moment with you, Sophia, and talk to you about how that all happened. Because your, lab your label, it's important to say, is only four years old. You've only been designing uh, now for this uh, for four years and not even four years yet. It hasn't been four years, but you've developed a global following, which is quite incredible. A lot of designers want to know how you did it. We're going to be talking about that next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Amazing conversations and insights with Safiya Abdullah. She is a world-renowned fashion designer now. Um, but this is what we're talking about. We're talking about your story, Safiya, um, from somebody who just had a passion for fashion and design, um, creating your own label, and then um, having, uh, you know, world stars wanting to wear your outfits and your clothes which is quite amazing tell us how that kind of all started because a lot of designers think i would love this celebrity to wear my design or i would love this person and then they reach out they reach out um and maybe get no response how did it happen for you so for me, I got a lot of unanswered emails in the beginning. I mean, hundreds of emails. And I was always that kid that never took no for an answer. And yes, I was annoying. And now I'm a little less annoying. But I still <laughs> don't take no for an answer. I just wow. wait for the next person who's going to say yes. And I'm a firm believer in telling people that. Like, you can't give up until you get... It's just because one person saying no, it just means that it's not meant to happen with them. That doesn't mean it won't happen with the next person. So um, 
I just believe in just persistence. And when you want something, you go out and get it because it's going to happen eventually. You just have to keep motivated. And so who was the first? Was it Lindsay Lohan that you worked with and then that took off? How did it happen? Uh, yeah, it was Lindsay Lohan. So we actually, funnily enough, um, when I lived in California, I had this hairstylist and he ended up working with Kardashians and all these people. And even though he hasn't plugged me with them yet, um, he did say to me, reach out to Lindsay because she's there in Dubai. And funnily enough, um, I think he had mentioned something to her because her manager then contacted me by email and saying, like, she has a photo shoot, bring some clothes um, and I thought it wasn't real because there was nowhere when I Googled that he was actually her manager. So I was like, is this like not real? Is this a prank? Is this a prank? So he <laughs> gave me the hotel location and everything. And I show up with my little sister and my baby. My, he was two at the time. And uh, we're going to this shoot because I was like, I told my sister, here's the phone. Call 999. If it's like some random guy opening the door and he's like, hi, I'm Lindsay. You know, because I was like, am I being catfished? This isn't happening. <laughs> Completely. You're thinking this could either be the biggest opportunity of my life or I could be about to get kidnapped or something. Yeah, seriously. It was pretty scary. <laughs> um, and my husband was like, I don't think it's her because she wouldn't call me. She would just send me WhatsApp messages like directly to me once we started talking. But I wasn't actually I was like, can you please just tell me? Can you send me a voice note? And I would call and she wouldn't answer. And I was like, OK, there's like this is something weird. weird yeah. Um, but no, she was. And I went to the reception and I was like, does Lindsay Lohan stay in this hotel? And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. So I did try to check out every Posno Avenue um, to see if it was legit before I went up. But it wasn't it wasn't happening. So I actually had to go find out um and it was her and then we ended up going to the middle of like nowhere and like the desert I've never been to to do this photo shoot it was beautiful though and she really liked my designs and then um she actually just liked me I think maybe because I wasn't around her much I just took the clothes and I was just I stood back um and then she just said she wanted uh, to hang out or something one time so I was like okay and then as we were hanging out she just said let's start something together let's work together um, and I wasn't going to say no. So we started designing some um, pieces and it never actually came to fruition. Like We didn't actually pull through completely because she got busy with her um, show that she's doing. So we just put it on hold for now and see what happens in the future. Really? Wow. Yeah. And then from there, uh, your designs were featured in a spread in Vogue? Um, yes. Yeah. So shortly after all of that happened, um, I got an email so randomly from Vogue Arabia saying we want you to be in a cover in a, one of our issues um, it's the title of the spread was Modi- Muses of Modesty um, so it was me along with four influencers so I was the only non-influencer so I felt really weird um, <laughs> and I showed up to the shoot like so excited and everyone was like been there done that and I was like hi everybody and they all kind of looked at me like oh who's this new girl <laughs> why is she so excited to be here But it was a really incredible experience and I'll never forget it and I'm so thankful for it. That's fantastic. Who were the other uh, influencers who were there? So there was one, she's Emirati, her name is Mathayel Mm Al-Ali. She was really lovely. And Fia, Sophia Goodson, um, Lina Al-Ghouti and another girl, Yusra, her yeah, so she was, they, they were just really cool girls. Everyone Amazing really group of women who, uh, you know, anybody who's on Instagram would recognize all of those names. Uh, but clearly you are one of those influencers now. And then, you know, talk to us about the rest, how it all happened, particularly now it has literally just dropped in the last week. Neelam's new music video. Yeah. Neelam is, um, is an American hip-hop rapper uh, she's a modest uh, dresser as well. She um, very much, very proudly wears the hijab. Uh, and she talks about that. You know, this is part of her, who she is, her modesty um, and her uh, I- Islamic values. Um, but she is like 
one of the coolest people on the planet right now. She's gaining so much momentum and I'm so proud of her because she really deserves it. Like if you actually knew her background, like I think everyone would be so happy for what she's Who is she? Achieving. What is she like? Because I think a lot of people still don't know that name. I think, so Neelam is from LA or she actually is not from LA, but she was born and raised somewhere else, but she lives in LA. Um, she has two children. She takes care of a mother who's unwell. Like she's an amazing person. Wow. Um, and she's, I think she's suffered a lot in life. And, and now that she's getting all this fame and all this attention, it's really, she's so worthy of it, you know? And you, I couldn't be happier for her. Um, so she's this amazing, first she kind of started out as spoken word, kind of like lyricist. And she came out with a video that literally, she couldn't believe that P. Diddy reposted. And, and that was like back in January. After that, um, she... Was this the video where, um, you know, she was rapping to Jaden Smith's song, Ghost? No, this was this was the first time she ever got supported by Diddy. Wow. Um, and this was back in, I think, January. Um, and then a few months later, uh, we just started creating stuff together. And I was, I was sending stuff that was dedicated for her, for her performance in a video. And I told her, like, I just thought it was going to be a video she'd post on her Instagram. We never knew what was going to happen next. Um... And so she wore this 24K um, dress, which has the same as Lucini. Um, it has like this hood and um, crystal and Bella's shoulders. So it was really like glamorous. <laughs> so she wore it for a video and it just got reposted by Will Smith, by Erica Badu, by Diddy. And the craziest thing was that she then got approached by so many record labels to be signed which I believe she is signing with, but I'm not allowed to say anything else. But she's pretty, she's going to be the first modest fashion hijabi rapper like in the world that's going to be in the Western media. So She really is. She's stunningly beautiful. Just the most incredible style. And that is, of course, partly thanks to you as well. Um, but she's been modeling for a long time too, hasn't yeah. she? She's yeah. been doing like hijab modeling. Um, and I think she just started wearing hijab not too long ago. And she couldn't be a better role model because she wears it proudly. And she has such important things to say. She talks about real issues. She doesn't just talk about, you know, the pretty things. She talks about things that are not being brought any attention to. And it's just in the recent video that she dropped, I love the message because she's basically, and women who are not even Muslim, are singing it as their anthem, where she's talking about women respecting themselves and holding themselves in a place where they deserve to be respected and that, you know, men should meet them there. She talks about Bentleys not having commercials. And it's so it's so true when you think about it, you know, things that, that are of high value, they don't necessarily need to be advertised all the time. Exactly. Uh, she's uh, an amazing role model. There's a, there's a video that's been made of her video, you know, with the song, uh, featuring all of the greatest uh, female athletes as well, like already, and it's yeah. only been like a week. Um, but I, I want to come back, talk a little bit more about that and talk a, a little bit more about how, um, what kind of lessons young designers can learn from you as well. Um, lots more coming up. I feel like we just took all day, Sophia. Amazing. Lots coming up with Sophia Abdullah right after this on Life Feats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Continuing the conversation with Sophia Abdullah, designer to the stars. She is a modest fashion designer, but not just modest fashion. What's important about what Sophia does so artistically, so beautifully, so elegantly, um, in an amazing way. Your design, Sophia. Uh, yes, you were thinking about yourself as somebody who covers, but actually 
you've got now a message that comes through your clothes that is about being inclusive. Tell us how this came about. Um, so I actually did surveys with many women um, for a campaign I did with Vogue It was called Greater Than a Hijabi, Greater Than a Non-Hijabi. Um, and in the interviews and in the messages I took from different women, at least 100 different women I asked, what does modesty mean to you? And I would say 90% of them had anything to say um, about the actual hijab. It was mainly about modesty meant to them uh, something that came from within. Um, it came from their character. It came from the way that they carried themselves. It came from you know the way they respected themselves. It was very little to do with the actual hijab on their head. So I decided instead of calling myself a modest fashion label, which I felt like didn't quite sit well with me um, because my audience is a lot larger than that. So I called myself modest inclusive um, and I just literally came up with the term on my own <laughs> because I just feel like there's so many boxes um, in the world of fashion and everyone wants to put a label on you. Uh, and I just didn't like that. So I just decided to make up my own term and, and just welcome everyone because at the end of the day, um, the Muslim woman is not always covered. I mean, my mom doesn't cover. I didn't cover seven years ago. Um, it doesn't mean that you're less any less Muslim or any less modest. And I just was a firm believer in just bringing women together and celebrating that rather than constantly, you know, segregating us from the non-hijabis or the hijabis from the hijabis. And that constant battle, if you go to any big influencer, social media who wears hijab, is always there if you look in the comments. There's mm. always the segregation. There's always the hate, the negativity. And I just wanted to eradicate that. And it's so important because the whole idea is to take that focus off, you know, what is on a woman's head as well, that there is so much more to women. And I feel like this is what your designs really symbolize, that there is so much more. And the style reflects that so, so well. Um, but tell me about in terms of young designers, because uh, you are still obviously very young yourself. You've done amazing things. Um, are there designers who reach out to you? who ask you for advice um, on how you got to where you are and how they can do it too. Um, so I always give advice very willingly. I've had so many designers come to a talks that I've done and they are shocked at the, like, the information that I give them. Um, if they ask me for my factory, if they ask me for like good recommendations for fabric stores, I tell them the number one supplier who actually gives you like the material contents of everything, 90% this and 10% that. And uh, they're shocked because usually that kind of stuff, they feel like it doesn't exist. I obviously I had to do a lot of groundwork um, to find this information, but it doesn't take anything from me. And I feel like there's enough space for everyone and there aren't enough women supporting other women. So if I can do that little bit, I feel like I'm giving back in some sort of way. Because it's so competitive. The world of design, the world of fashion is so incredibly competitive. Um, it, it's surprising to see somebody like you who's had such success and just kind of um, not want to keep that to themselves, let's say. Uh, but so willing to share that knowledge and to share that uh, expertise, whatever you've got, you want to pass it on already. I think I have been raised by parents who at least instilled the fact that I have a lot of um, security and that I know whatever's meant for me is going to happen. And no one can take that away from me. And as a creative, somebody could take the same material as me and turn it into something completely different. So why? What? What is the big deal? Like, I don't really think that there's any competition in terms of that because there's enough space. There's enough consumers. There's enough everything for everyone. And their audience might be different to mine, the way that they design something. It doesn't take anything from me. And I think we, a lot of women uh, were raised by people who tend to, like, compare us to others. It, tend, it kind of is not necessarily, like, in, intended. 
but it happens. Um, and I think a lot of people, parents use it as tactics to tell their children, look at you and look at this child and um, to get their child to act properly. And it ends up, you know, conveying into, into women as we grow as women and we tend to compare ourselves to others. And I just find that if I can eradicate that in, in myself and I can help someone else look at things differently from a positive aspect, you know, it will transfer on and, you know, kind of domino effect. Do you get uh, uh, anybody who wants you to mentor them? Do they approach you? They want to come work with you? Do you take anybody on? I have been offered uh, internships um, from a lot of people. And as much as I'd love to take an intern and like lessen the workload on me, um, I just feel like I'm still at a very young stage of my company and I'm I'm okay on my own um, and also I don't I don't really want to take advantage of somebody who's going to just work for free I'm like unless I can assure you that I'm going to pay you a salary I can't take you on because at the end of the day like you're working hard and I'm working hard and if you get nothing back because um, some sales are really low some months I'm going to be honest yeah um, I, I don't want to take that responsibility you know I can't do that to somebody mm. I, I, I love your um, your honesty about it and your your want to kind of make sure that people are, are paid properly, even if they are interning. Um, it's not something that you often see. But at the same time, um, sort of in terms of getting yourself out there for uh, advice for young designers, is social media the answer? Because you, of course, you did have that spread in uh, Vogue Arabia. Um, and was that kind of, do you feel like that can be a big tipping point or is social media where it's at now? Has that kind of replaced? Because we always used to see you wanted that spread in the fashion magazine. But now that we're, social media has, has exploded, where do you think it's at? Where should they be focusing? I mean, being in a magazine is great. It adds value. You know, if you say that you were featured in Vogue Arabia, people will be a little more interested. There's You can't take that away from the fact that the establishment has been around and just being a part of it is a, is a big deal. However, with social media, I mean, you have the power to market yourself however you want. You know, you have the power to say what you want. Um, when you do interviews, you know, they edit a lot of your information out. You know, they, they put the key points and you don't always get to relay the exact message you want. And sometimes you're like, hey, I didn't say that. But then, you know what I mean? So it, in terms of that, I think that um, it's very powerful when you can convey a, an entire message that you want to send. Um, so with social media, I just find it so powerful. It's it's like this force that people didn't even, don't even know how to use a lot of the time, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So make sure you use that power that you've got pretty much in the in the palm of your hand, right. uh, in your phone. Um, but I, I want to ask you, and I don't know if this is a difficult question, but who's been your favorite person? We haven't talked about Gwen Stefani. That moment, that was amazing. <laughs> So me and Gwen Stefani are both from Southern California. And as a like 10-year-old, 11-year-old, I remember going to water parks and hearing her song and when she was in No Doubt and being obsessed with yes. her. Um, and me and my girlfriends would like, we would make choreography to like her music and to the point where even like seeing her song on our answering machines, like the obsession was real. Yes. Like it was so real. So I remember my friend posted on her stories, Gwen Stefani is coming for the opening of a hotel and I'm going. And I was like, how do I get into that? Because it was invite only. You couldn't buy a ticket. And then just so happened, some wasta came into place. And my friend was like, I actually know the owner of the hotel's son. So like, I'll get you in. I was like dying. I literally designed a jacket for her, took it, held it in my hand for over an hour, over an hour. Oh my <laughs> Waiting gosh. for the guy to come down and he never came. 
But I was the only person in the front row singing every lyric to every song. And she was making <laughs> eye contact with me, which was insane. I was like, she sees me. She sees me. So then uh, I thought it was the end of the all of the songs. I thought it was the end of her set. And I just reached out and put the bag out. And she came and took it. I thought a security guard would came, come and get it. And she would ju- it would just disappear. And I'd never see it again. Um, but she literally opened the bag right then and there. If you see the video... Um, Vogue Arabia posted it. Harper's Bazaar posted it. Like all it these, went viral it went at the viral, time. Yeah, I um, loved it. So they everyone posted it, but she literally took the bag out and she just started removing the items. And she goes, "Did you make this?" And she's having a conversation with, with you me. in yeah. the middle of her concert. Yeah, she's like, "Did you make this?" And I'm like, "I'm a designer." And I was just like, "I love you." I just kept screaming like random things at her. And she just put on the jacket and she performed her last song in it. It was. It was unreal. I still like have the biggest smile on my face when I talk about it because it still doesn't feel like it really happened. It fit her perfectly. How do you even know the size? I just guessed you to just me. I guessed to me. <laughs> because she literally put it on and she just finished her concert and she looked incredible. It looked like like it's so funny because it looked like it was part of the outfit. Yeah, it was like, really cool. It totally went with the whole outfit. I didn't know what she was going to wear, guys. Like, I literally didn't know. Um, and the funniest part was that um, afterwards, I was, like, stalking her Instagram. Like, is she going to post? Are they going to post it? Are they going to? Because I wanted, like, real images other than the video of me screaming um, in the <laughs> background. But I couldn't find them. <laughs> they weren't there. But it was pretty unreal. It's, it's an amazing. amazing story. But, yeah, coming up next, I, I want to ask you about your biggest influences and what is next for you Safiya Abdullah it is Life Beats here on Pulse 95 This is Pulse 95 This is Pulse 95 Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95 Oh, so many things to talk about with Safiya Abdullah. She is in the studio with me on Life Beats right now. And we're talking about her journey as a fashion designer, uh, as somebody uh, who's done lots of different things, uh, but finding her signature style, her signature look, and her voice as well. Um, but I just, it's kind of amazing. We were talking about Gwen Stefani, uh, and you were saying how the story got sold to TMZ and, you know, they'd kind of spun it how they wanted and they didn't even, you know, mention that it was you and, and that you, your design. But it, that was a, an amazing moment. But I want to ask you about the designers that inspire you now. Who do you get inspired by? Who do you love? I mean, I you talk about the big designers and you love them, but at the end of the day, they're not they're not my demographic um, and I feel inspired by a lot of runway shows however sometimes I take inspiration from them and then I turn them into something modest or what I would wish I could wear but like has a some certain element to it um, for me I just always go for the urban kind of chic but uh, in terms of brands that I feel inspired by I mean I, I don't want to be cliche but I feel like there's some brands that I aspire to that are on the runways and then there is some that are just you know a normal average person you find ones I'm not inspired by is the fast fashion I have to say it's starting to affect me my mind you know I'm starting to think about you know how much does go to waste how much of this uh, you know can affect the world that is such an important point and we don't think about it we don't think about it we pay we're concerned about paying the least amount of money for something Um, but oftentimes it's really badly made you'll probably wear it for a few weeks and then it's off to the trash because the quality is Exactly. It's so bad. I invest a lot in my materials and my stitching. I I pay a lot. So my prices are not the most affordable. However, they are mid-range still. And I find it very hard uh, to remain. um, I would love to be more affordable. 
but I just believe in high quality stuff and things that can be versatile. So I like to t- tend to go for things that can be paired different mm. ways, you know, things you can wear more than once. And, Beautiful. And you won't feel like you're wearing the same outfit because we know that that's like also a stigma which needs to end, I feel like, soon. Um. Oh, man, <laughs> social media. Can we talk about social media? I feel like social media is responsible for that. It is. Because you cannot post the same outfit twice, it's apparently. So anymore and you know what's funny is neelam has the opposite view on it so she actually did a video where she said um you know i have a washing machine why am i going to wear something once when i could clean it and wear it again you know and she's creating this she's eradicating that stigma you know that people can wear the same thing why since when and who made this rule that you could only wear something once on social media and never wear it again i know yeah and, and then it's like you know what the, the, what if it's like your favorite piece you know when you get a favorite article of clothing and you just love it to death. I think everyone can relate to that. Like, I think everyone wears the same thing. Twice. I have a leather jacket that I've worn like 20 million times. Yeah, and, and people who know me will have seen it 20 million times. And you should make the most out of it. Leather's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's amazing to me. You know, um, you have kids, of course. Yes. Um, you have a, a beautiful girl, nine years old and two boys as yes. well. What is it like kind of juggling motherhood and being a, a fashion designer and even social media, you know, all of that into yeah. play. It's been really difficult, I'll be honest. Um, my little one, my littlest one, wasn't in school when I started designing. So he would go to the fabric stores with me. I had this little stroller. And, you know, when he went to school, literally the guys in the stores would be like, where's baby? And I'm like, he's in school now. Finally, <laughs> I can come in without pushing a stroller and like taking yeah. a roll of fabric on my back because that was me. Um And I loved it because it just made him so involved. I think one of his first sentences was how much at the cash register. So (laughs) he's very involved. That's so Um, cute. And my daughter, she loves what I do. She wants to create her own stuff. She gets involved and she starts, she's an amazing artist. Wow. And I tell my husband, this is my, this is all me. This is me. We sit down and we sketch together. It's, it's a really I love it that she's taken that from you. Are, Are you seeing her becoming a designer herself? That's possibly, exciting. possibly. She asks me funny questions. She'll be like, Mommy, how come when we go out, people don't recognize you? I'm like, okay, now you're just like being rude, okay? <laughs> <laughs> she thinks I'm famous because she sees me in newspapers and stuff. She's so cute. But you are famous. I agree. I agree with you, Iman. How come Mommy's not more famous? Exactly. You should have, have people mobbing you everywhere you, that you go. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. <laughs> but what's next for you now? I do have people mobbing me. They're two little boys, <laughs> five and three. And mobbed all the Mashallah, time. Bless them. Mashallah, bless them. But what's next for you now? What are you looking at? Um, I think you've been shooting your new collection. I have been shooting the new collection. It's a little bit different, but I'm going to run back to my signature style, which is like a lot of hoodies. This one is just for me to expend all of my artistic energy into like kind of a bit more femininity. Um, but then I'm going to go back to my urban. Like, I feel like I try, kind of transfer over during spring and summer to like more feminine stuff. And then in the winter, I go for like the more masculine. But I love that. I yeah. love the variety. And it's like it's going with the seasons as well. Yeah, I don't like to be boxed in. Like, I'm a creative person. And why can I not flex that? Why do I have to be the same thing over and over? I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Sophia Abdullah, it has been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. Thank you for We could have me. gone on for another hour. I but know. I'm sure we will. I would love to have you back again. I can't believe it's over and I'm kind of come back for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, this is so amazing. So if you missed any part of the conversation today, if you're a young designer, if you're somebody who doesn't know Sophia Abdullah and her amazing story, do check it out. It's going to be on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as well. Coming up next... On Life Beats, we are going to be hearing the uh, about the amazing adventures of Bruce Parry. He has lived amongst 
some of the most remote people around the world. It is a story and an interview you do not want to miss that's coming up next.